0: Seja eu
1: Welcome into to the DNVR Draft Podcast. Uh, it's a good one today. It's going to be, it was a fun week last week, though we do have some sad news on the injury front. We've got the whole crew and a bonus crew member all together here. Uh, we might actually have a state college D1 in this state, playing a game like <laughs> within the, the immediate future, I don't know what is happening. I can hardly contain my excitement. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're not on DraftKings, I don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, the, the DraftPod can guide you with some great bets as well. We'll get into some of that too. As usual, Henry Chisholm is here with us, we've got Jake Schwanitz as well. And big shout out to Justin Michael also here on the show. How are you doing fellas? Fantastic. Good. Yeah. Great. Love it. Love it. I know Henry's excited about, uh, the buffs. Uh, Henry's got buffs fever. You've got, you're ready for that to start off. Um, Jake's really happy about Michigan. And again, Justin might actually cover a real game. um, like in the near future, but let's get into the big 10, the games that were played. I think we have to start with Justin Fields and how insanely good he looked just tearing apart Nebraska this week.
0: Yeah. Almost wasn't even fair for Nebraska. Um, Truly truly 20 of 21, uh, extremely efficient. You saw the athleticism. Uh, He's a true, true dual threat quarterback. Oh yeah. And it's, I kind of want to pump the brakes a bit just because it's Ohio state and they just had so such an easy time shredding uh, Nebraska that it was, I mean the game, it was close for a bit. Um, You know, Nebraska scored on the opening drive, but Ohio state is Ohio state. They responded quickly and lethally. Um, So I I just want to see more, I guess, uh, especially against tougher competition at this point, but a good start for uh, Justin Fields. He has a lot of ground to make up on Trevor Lawrence.
1: (sighs) Wouldn't you say there was an encouraging sign? Now, side note, you're right. Nebraska under Frost, maybe regressing in looking like their talent level can compete with the tippy top um, in the big 10 conference Um, that, that really stood out, but I thought they looked
2: better than they'd looked in two years, but offensively or defensively or both offensively. I mean, defensively, nobody in the big 10 is going to contain Ohio state consistently but I don't know what he brought in that backfield. I liked what I saw. I'm not a Martinez guy, but I'm just
1: saying I wouldn't be completely dismissive of Nebraska as opponent. I love the, the McCaffrey packages. Um, Yeah. Outside. But again, it's a very like Scott Frost and, It's similar to how Matt Nagy has built the offense for the Bears in the NFL, where they're all perimeter. All the talent is at I mean, supposedly is at wide receiver and running back and tight end and maybe quarterback where they have invested high picks and, you know, some some decent chunks of change in in cap. Uh, But then the O-line is so bad that on fourth and one, they have to run an outside toss. And that's essentially where Nebraska is out right now in the trenches in the, the meat and potatoes of that team is not up to the standard of the big 10. But back to fields, what impressed me was the deep ball throwing because he's absolutely a dual threat. I think the, maybe the biggest question mark, not to the extent of like with the Trey Lance, but it is a decent question mark is, um, is he, too much of a run first quarterback. And when you have games like that, when that deep ball accuracy is flashing as well as it was, and even the mobility within the pocket, um, I, I thought it was a really, really nice start. Um, Hank, Justin, anything you want to add to that?
3: Yeah. I mean, you basically hit the nail on the he- head. Um, 20 of 21 completions. I yeah. think that's what really stands out to me because um, <laughs> so guys are so talented and we'll give you the flashes, like show you the deep ball that Justin Fields showed you. But when you're playing against lesser competition, what really impresses me is just being that efficient, just taking everything that the defense gives you, just working down the field, slowly giving yourself a 52-17 win. Like that guy just looked like he didn't belong with everybody else there.
1: (sighs) Yeah. I will say... Go ahead.
3: It it seems like, you know, he is an athletic quarterback.
2: He obviously likes to use his legs at times, but watching him in that game, it looked like when he was moving, he was, you know, still looking downfield, looking to throw. It wasn't a situation where, you know, he yes. was constantly just bailing and relying on his legs. I will say that spin move in the third quarter, sick. Lamar asked <laughs> to score. I, I, that one made me jump out of my seat.
1: <laughs> I'm struggling to find comps with him. I see a lot of stuff. <laughs> He reminds me of a lot of a lot of different guys. I'm still trying to figure out who exactly um, he's going to stick to, but there's a lot of talent. Small theme of this show is going to be going back to revisit the mock. You and I um, did Jake on that part two of the pod last week. I think fields after that one is going second over Pene over which of course was a toss up for us.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, we have to wait and see where the teams fall and who's actually going to be in that two slot. Mm -hmm. But um, if it's a team like the Washington football team, that definitely has a void at quarterback. I mean, it's a no brainer at this point. I think Um, I just want to see him tested a bit. I mean, I think that's fair to ask at this point. Oh yeah. Um, But I mean, like Hank said, extremely efficient, no interceptions. Can't really ask for much more against Nebraska.
3: Yeah. (laughs) What really disappointed me though was the running backs. Like, watching those guys with uh, Trey Sermon and Master Teague, like, I thought Trey Sermon
1: was going to be the next big thing. but Bad game. Bad game. Yeah, that was ugly. With that O-line, you cannot run like that um kind of makes us (laughs) feel better about jk dobbins you know jk dobbins tough eval because everything he's doing he's got a hole like for the first 10 yards um but after seeing that one and then shout out to chris Olave, the ohio state wide receiver looked outstanding shamey gets banked up towards the end of that but another guy you know to add to all the phenomenal wide receivers that we have in this class um Yeah, Uh, I would. um, I guess we should go to the next big game in the Big Ten, which was. Michigan really stomping down on Minnesota. It was, I mean, there's a few different storylines here. For one, Michigan seemed to have joined modern football on offense. Um, like the, maybe the wackiest thing that's happened in 2020. Um, I, I say that, you know, I, I joke, of course, but uh, still that was pretty wild. But really the meat and potatoes of uh, my Minnesota upset, not working out was that Michigan defense. whoo They are phenomenal up front. Crazy. They've lost so much talent the last few years and are still just loaded, man. That was impressive.
3: I went down a bit of a rabbit hole last night about the Michigan defense because I just saw something pop up on Twitter explaining what the scheme was. And it wound up being like probably at least an hour of just reading through all this stuff. But basically like the PJ Fleck offense, which is all just like the RPO stuff and they do it very well. But what Michigan did was every time that uh, Tanner Morgan looked to the sideline to get the, the play call, because he did that basically every snap, they, they would move. They just go from a too high look or no, they would flip it from one high to too high, totally change everything that's going on, giving Minnesota not enough time to change to something that makes more sense. And uh, this is another little, tangent from that but a lot of the offense almost all of that offense is designed to throw the ball to like four different spots and they're all on one half of the field and they're the same four spots with different guys getting their different ways and it kind of like opened my mind and there isn't too much to take away draft wise from that except that that terrifies me when looking at tanner morgan
0: yeah tanner morgan a very rough game um there's a the sack he took i can't remember what point of the game but you could see Michigan. They had the slot defender, and they were capping him right there with that safety. Herb Street pointed it out on the broadcast. M- uh, Morgan misses it, gets absolutely killed, leads to a defensive touchdown for Michigan. So not a good look for him. Although Rashad Bateman uh, had a really nice game. He looked the part and then some, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Just long and fast. He's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can we get into these Michigan guys, though? Please, please. That's uh, the meat and potatoes of this show, man. (laughs) So, Andre. Guys that have you
1: intrigued as a Broncos fan, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Both edges. Aiden Hutchinson, your guy. But Pay kind of took over the game, especially late. Yeah. Um, He was extremely disruptive. Aiden Hutchinson, though I was left the game really intrigued just with his size and length. He knows how to use it. He was really extending those arms and disengaging from blocks consistently. Uh, so just a terrific showing by those two guys. Uh, Jalen Mayfield, the right tackle, I thought had a great game too. Yes, yes. Um, and then I guess we're kind of burying the lead, but Joe Milton, the quarterback from Michigan, is he's got something.
1: Uh, truly, yeah, Joe Milton. It, it's fun being on youtube a lot which i do um and the the joe milton hype on youtube is really taken off for all the all the film accounts that i follow on like college football stuff uh but justin what uh as a college football analyst and broncos fan your your takeaways from this michigan game
2: Definitely, I'd like to go back to the modern offense aspect because I think that's what's been missing for, for Michigan the entire time Harbaugh has been, you know, at the helm. They've basically trying to, you know, go in there and be tougher than some of these crazy explosive teams. And then they just end up getting blown out by Ohio state and some of these other programs every year, their offense yeah. almost looked Ohio state esque, you know, with the way that they were attacking I love the versatility that Milton brings out of the backfield. I don't really know if he's an NFL guy, but you know, they're really really fun to watch and he looks like to be a,
1: a pretty decent thrower of the football. Uh yeah. I mean, again, my friends on YouTube are already calling him the next Cam Newton, which seems ambitious, but bold. Um, yeah, bold. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's it, it feels almost like that switch that Bam and Saban made, uh, Justin, like what, totally, four or five years in, ago?
2: Uh, when they brought in Kiffin and they basically were yep. like, you want to know what? We've been trying to do this for a decade. Everyone else has modernized. We have to do it if we're going to be able to compete with the elite. And you right. know what they have with Milton, Haskins, Chalamet, in that backfield, man, it's just explosiveness all over the place. Mm-hmm. I felt bad for the Minnesota defense in the second half. I'll admit, I I kind of tuned out a little bit in the fourth quarter because I was following the Mountain West games at that point, and you know Michigan kind of pulled away. But I, I was very impressed, and I'll be really looking forward to that Michigan, Ohio state meeting
1: down the line. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I referenced Alabama five years ago, we could talk about LSU a year ago, you know, that these blue blood programs that modernize aside from Texas, it seems to be working out for most of them uh, in
2: there at the end of the year. I, I know dude, this has nothing to do with the draft, but
1: I, I, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know, man. No way. He, he's he been worse than Charlie Strong, arguably. I guess they did have that big bull win against Georgia. They're living off of that. Yeah. 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 Justin <laughs> says in quotation marks, but back to quitty pay and Aiden Hutchinson and just this edge rushing class in general, because from a Broncos standpoint, that was my biggest takeaway from this game. Um, because in general, we've been talking up the Georgia edge rushers. We obviously Gregory Russo hasn't played, but he's kind of the top dog in the class. Quincy Roche, the the other guy at Miami stood out. Um, there's some guys, you know, uh, the Penn State kid who we'll get into in a sec. And then that duo at Michigan. It's starting to look like a decent edge rushing class. I'm still hoping Xavier Thomas for Clemson uh, finds the field at some time. It's weird. We haven't mentioned a Bama guy, but it's kind of that year for Bama. Um, When the Pac-12 returns, Hamir Rashad, the Oregon State kid, is going to be really intriguing as well. Um, And, you know, we got to what was it? The 13th pick with the Broncos in that mock, Jake and the best players available to us were all back seven defenders. Two offensive tackles had gone already. Um and and so we we kind of looked at the defense but we didn't talk about edge rusher cuz Russo was gone already and certain Dylan Moses, Caleb Farley, the top cornerbacks and linebackers. I guess maybe Parsons was still available. Um those were our considerations. I'm wondering after watching Quiddy Payne, um, which please correct me if I'm saying this name wrong. That's definitely one I'm butchering here. Um, But in general, I wonder if that, doing it a week later, we start talking about all those edge rushers I just rattled off a bit more.
0: Yeah, for sure. A bit on Quiddy Payne too. I mean, he's been there for a while. Um, He was kind of with that group, uh, Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich. He was rotating uh, when those guys were there. So this is an experienced player. This isn't some guy that's just popping up uh last week on Saturday. This is a yeah. guy that's kind of been around for a while. Yeah. So he kind of he's got an opportunity here. We already talked about at length that this edge class hasn't really impressed yet. He's got an opportunity here to really improve his stock and kind of maybe seize a first round opportunity at this point.
1: Yeah. For sure, it's uh, you know Russo's the guy who checks off all the boxes, looks the part, that linear edge, Ojiri, uh, the the Georgia guy, so bendy and like he's like the elasto man, um, Quiddy Payne compact guy not sure who he reminds me of exactly he's a little melvin ingramish a little bradley chubb love that he was attacking off the edge moving him inside really intriguing as kind of a movable chess piece um as a modern pass rusher up there and you know, we like Malik Reed, uh, Justin, this is a guy who, you know, in the mountain West was a stud. Um, I'm sure people are getting Shaq Barrett vibes after really his best career game against Kansas city. One of the few bright spots last week in Denver. Um, but I think we can all agree that, you know, we, we still believe Von Miller has a little left in the tank, but it, it's time to look at other edge rushers to really take this defense, which has already looked good back to that level of dominance that, brought him to the promised land five years ago.
3: Yeah.
1: If, uh,
2: one more only name They wouldn't in have in let there. a guy get away to Tampa Bay. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: <laughs> but yeah, one more name to throw in there, Jeremiah Uso Koromoa from Notre Dame. He isn't just a pure edge rusher, but he can do that. He can move around. He is for real though.
2: He's been we playing play a lot more slot. Hank.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did I get it right? I, th- I think oh, like I just it. slayed it. That oh, was, it that was, was a pro.
1: Yeah. J O K is what I'm going to call him from now on because I seriously cannot handle that dude's name. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, Carlos Basham's there at wake who uh, we were talking about wake be careful. One of the best teams against the spread this year in the ACC. Um, but no, it's a, it's a nice edge class. It's just not a ton of top 15 guys, but it's, The doors open for guys like Payne and uh, Aiden Hutchinson and so on so forth to really step it up and, um, you know, put their names in that conversation. With that, um, with Basham and the Wake Forest talk against the spread, I remind you we are presented by... Uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the top-rated sportsbook app in the world. This week, for new users, they have an amazing offer. Um, You know, I was bullish on Minnesota with this offer last week. That didn't work out because Michigan stomped them down and really won the game down in the trenches, as we were just talking about. But this week, I like the offer even more because you can pick either Penn State or Ohio State. Bet $1 on one of the teams and cash. Um, You can cash in and win $100. If they win, that's $1 to win 100 When you use promo code DMVR during sign-up for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus at first batch. Match each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times. Playthrough restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling, gambling problem? Call 1-800- 522-4700. Okay. Um we've gone away from this format a little bit was the winners and losers on each week but sadly we do have a couple losers because of some devastating injuries we can start with the the one that killed us most of all did we jinx the jinx this last week for saying Jalen Waddle with Jamar Chase not playing had actually jumped into wide receiver one um, like like contention and not just contention like he was the front runner by that point and just like that we get reminded that it sometimes can be smart to hold out because the injuries will get you i know for our panel especially this was extra devastating um your thoughts on this fellas
0: uh yeah another tough injury i mean they're never hard or easy to watch but this one I mean, you could see as soon as it rolled up, Waddle was in extreme pain, and you just kind of knew at that moment. It was probably over for the year for him. We talked about this before the show. Why is he returning kicks versus Tennessee? Please, someone tell me. I mean, come on, man.
1: Justin, you're incensed. I mean, you (laughs) like... It makes no
0: fucking sense. Excuse my language. He's
2: he's your best offensive weapon, and you know you're going to stomp Tennessee. They're nothing. Yeah. Look, I get, you know, play your best players, put yourself in a spot to win, but sometimes you got to have some common sense. Don't run your quarterback when you're up 30. Don't put your best wide receiver at kick returner. I just, I don't get it.
1: (sighs) I know that was really rough because Justin, you weren't on the pod, but you were kind of echoing our same thoughts um, when you and I were chatting in private about how Waddle was really like... (laughs) Looking like the top guy in the class and what we've you know we've said over and over is another amazing wide receiver class. How did you rank the Bama wide receivers from last year with Ruggs and Judy and in there I would plus go Judy won
2: Waddle two, three rugs, and people yeah. might be surprised by that just because you know Ruggs went number one in that class and he's got burner speed. Love him. Yeah. But Waddle's just so smooth and he's so versatile. I love you know, just watching him out of his breaks and stuff, trying to keep up with him. Good luck. And it's just, yeah. it's a bummer. It's its going to put a lot more pressure on Mac Jones, a lot more pressure on that running game. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure they're going to spread it out quite as much now. And then, you know, for a guy like Devonta Smith, who is a pretty talented wide receiver, actually has caught, God, I don't know, like 25 touchdowns in his career. He has a yeah. ton of numbers. I mean, kinda, arguably more productive, from the other guys, you know? <laughs>
1: he, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Smith, arguably more productive than your top three, I would rank him about the same. Yeah. Um, but now, yeah, you're right. The onus is on him. And this is kind of the ultimate question with Devonte Smith is he looks great. Everyone loves him. But how much has he benefited from having those three studs around him? What happens now when he's the top dog? Because teams considering him with the top 15, top 20 pick, they're likely looking at him to be their wide receiver one anyways. So now this really does switch things up for Devontae Smith, and it switches things up for Mac Jones. And uh, quickly, Justin, what are your thoughts On Mac Jones as a pro prospect. We got into him a little bit last week. Draft range, NFL comps. How have you liked him so far? My man Money Mac
2: out here just leading all season. (laughs) Look, I I think you kind of have to bring the Ohio State situation in where you talk about he has a ton of talent around him. His receivers have been very open all year. He's not, you know, it's not like he has to throw consistently into these crazy tight windows or anything like that. But he's made great decisions with the football. I've loved his presence in the pocket. I mean, he's got a six to one touchdown to interception ratio. I mean, to me, he looks like a more talented, more athletic AJ McCarron in the sense that he runs the system perfectly, but Mm -hmm. Mac actually has the ability to beat you by himself. Whereas AJ was kind of, you know, just a system guy, plug and play, get the ball to the skill guys.
1: Yeah, we were, uh, we were mulling over like Dwayne Haskin comps. Um, That's probably J- Jared Goff. Um, you know, Ryan. I honestly, yeah. I, I like and the honestly in a McVeigh type system, I would really prioritize someone like Mac Jones if I could get him in like day two and you start to feel like, huh? Oh, if golf is too expensive and just like never hits the next level, I could groom someone to be like ninety-five percent of what he is. You know, um, that's where he's intriguing. The other big loss of the week, Hank, was uh, Penn State. You know, their entire backfield gets depleted. What what do they call them? They call them like the Money Boys or something. Like, oh, boy. Boy.
3: I mean, that's just college football. When Everybody, you come up
1: with yeah, stupid like, nicknames like though.
3: Did, did you see Jalen Waddle like smoking a cigar in the ambulance with the no. rest of like the skill position
1: Ballers. players? I mean, that's now that's part of the Tennessee Bama tradition is oh, okay. the winning team smokes cigars. So they wanted to so celebrate with Waddle. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. Yeah, Tennessee hasn't <laughs> smoked cigars in a long time, folks. Um, but no, Journey yeah. Brown bummer, dude
3: yeah seriously journey brown uh there have just been so many guys i remember i just keep thinking back to like maybe it was the first podcast or the second draft podcast we did this year now i was really excited for penn state i I actually thought that this was gonna be a really fun team such a deep backfield you have pat fryermuth that you can work off of and it just seemed like it was going to be a a lot of fun at the very least but you lose journey brown um let's see you lose. Who's the other one? Noah Kane is out. They'd already lost uh, the guy whose name I'm blanking on um, already. But but they're, seriously, all that running back depth, for me, as, as a Colorado reporter, yesterday the story I wrote was it sounds like there are four backs that the Buffs want to play. Darian Hagen, the running backs coach, says that he can only play three of them. What do you do? But then you look at a situation like this, and you're just mm-hmm. like, I, I guess that just happens. But it does kind of mean that Penn State – Has nothing.
1: They're in trouble. That uh, Ohio State game does not
0: look great for them. No,
2: is Indiana for real, guys?
0: Uh, I I I don't know. We willing to go that far?
1: (laughs) You know they've been trending the right
0: way for a minute now. But this is keep an eye on them. Indiana does this though, man, they play these teams pretty tough in the big 10. And then, you know, next week they'll get blown out by 40. So it's, they do this where they can kind of compete one week. And then the next week, they're just, they don't even look like the same team.
3: This weekend might be the most interesting Indiana Rutgers game. in (laughs) Seriously.
1: (laughs) Probably in big 10 history since Rutgers (laughs) has been in the conference. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Indiana plays Michigan the week after, though. That'll be uh, that'll be where we learn.
1: That'll be great with Michigan coming off of Minnesota, and then their in-state rivalry probably overlooking the Hoosiers a little bit. That'll be fun. Um, let's get into, let's get into this upcoming week. Uh, We've got Justin on. So, um, and you know, it's, it's harder for the group of six conferences to lock into the best pro prospects because like, let's face it, the best pro prospect in the mountain West this year, for example, was Warren Jackson, a talent you are very much familiar with Justin, but unfortunately we won't be seeing him on the field. And, uh, you know, as is the case with all the top conferences, you've not seen some of the top talents, but obviously in the Mountain West, we don't have, it's not like the SEC that's 50 deep. Um, So it it shrinks our sample size a little more. So I don't want to put you on the spot with any prospects um, that, you know, just listing off. But as we get into like um, Boise State, Air Force. Uh and I know Donald Hammond, the Air Force quarterback, has some buzz as a running back wide receiver. Um and I don't know, like is Jalen Walker for Boise the uh the corners he played, I believe so, but yeah, Hammond it's... is actually out of the picture now. He
2: he's no yes, longer yeah. on the roster at Air Force State. Right,
0: right. I forgot. They've got time.
2: a really weird situation going. They had I think they lost like 35 players or something because of the opt-out stuff when the Mountain West initially announced that they were going to cancel their season. They looked really good in that first game against um Navy, yeah, uh, I believe it was. Navy, you know, the right. Academy. Yep. But one of the things I was talking about was, you know, they basically just scripted for that Navy game for a month. That's all they focused on. Last week they really got exposed by San Jose State. They just they don't have great depth defensively. They got picked apart by Nick Starkle, the Arkansas transfer.
3: It's It could be a long year for the Falcons. Nick Starkle is actually my former roommate's cousin. So we've well, been small following world. Nick Starkle for the last six years or so.
1: So you're saying Henry and I leaning on the plus 14 for Air Force might be a terrible decision?
2: I, I think that Boise wins this game by three scores plus. They
3: do have Caden Remsburg, though.
2: He is, But you more- never know calhoun teams are so well coached they fight everyone hard yeah. they actually have played boise very well over yes. the last decade yes i you know maybe maybe don't sleep on them too much it is at home
3: yeah yeah caden Remsburg, though the whatever the, is he like a slot back or wing back whatever they call it in their system um you know he is somebody who i would target in the draft if you're looking for like a late round running back somebody who comes out of an air force system who like hasn't been used in a traditional running back way, but he's like five nine, one eighty, And is just a flyer. I think that there's a lot of upside in terms of like what you could fit him into, whether he's like an Austin Eckler, whether he moves to like the slot or something. Um, but he's definitely somebody who has a senior. Now I'm really excited to watch.
2: I think the problem with the service Academy guys is you just never know what the laws are going to be regarding their service. It seems to flip back and forth every couple of years. It's one of those, you know, if, if I have him this year, probably worth, you know, taking a seventh round flyer on him. If he's going to go have to
1: serve for two years first, probably
2: not worth it. Yeah. It
1: sucks as it kills the kids more than anything, you know, because I think a lot of teams would love that military background and would grade that as a plus, but then it's because it creates so much uncertainty. It works completely against you. And the, the, I think we've seen some great talents come out of Navy and air force and army the last few years, but yeah, we're just that the added complications just make it too hard. And it stinks. Um, well, give us a quick preview of tonight's game. Justin.
2: it's going to be interesting. CSU probably going to rock two quarterbacks Kevin Lytle, the Coloradoan, reported that Todd Santillo, the Temple transfer, will be the first one starting. Ooh. I think part of that has to do with Patrick O'Brien missed some time in camp, so it's 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 been a weird deal. It's going to be weird tonight. CSU is going to miss some offensive starters for COVID reasons. I uh, I can't really burn my source on that one, so I can't put the names out there, unfortunately. But we're going to see some unique guys get touches tonight. CSU's is missing some starters, so. I, I If you're looking at this game from a betting perspective, I'd consider the under.
1: All right. I love that. Um, on that note, we should uh, we should get into the big games for this week. Beyond the Mountain West. Um and I say, let's start from Georgia, Kentucky, where Landon Young has been graded as the SEC offensive lineman of the week, really under the radar. Frankly, I wouldn't know about him if it wasn't for our buddy, Kentucky UDFA. He's going against that great edge rushing duo who I love, Eugiri and Adam Anderson, who might be the more raw, talented guy. Um and beyond that, I mean, we've talked about this. Georgia is one of those must watch teams for Broncos fans because of all the talent they have at de- on defense, especially at key areas of need for the Broncos, Monty Rice, the linebacker, Tyson Campbell, um, the cornerback, you know, and just talent all around. Their, their defensive line is stacked too. Um, Kentucky here kind of a sneaky home dog at plus 16 and a half. Your read on this fellas,
0: man, I, I kind of expect Georgia to run away with this one again. I think this is going to be a real bunch pale game. Uh, both these teams kind of have that yes. tough, hard news nose attitude. I just think Georgia, we're just going to see the, I mean, you've talked about the Kentucky guys in the trenches. I still think Georgia has a bit of a gap uh, or lead in the talent uh, department there. So I, I, I mean, that number 16 and a half is pretty big, but... It's juicy. I don't know. I mean, I think Georgia's going to pull it away late. Yeah. I
1: yeah. That Kentucky D is well-coached, too, but with such an even matchup, typically the talent on offense that uh, Georgia has is going <laughs> to is going to overcome it. So um, that we were both leaning towards taking the, the dogs and running with the points, right, Henry, when we did this on bets yesterday? Yeah.
3: I mean, Kentucky, I really like what they're doing. I think they're going in the right direction. But college football, it's just, it. it everything is built on tiers. And you look at the top and it's Clemson and Ohio State and Bama. And then there's this next tier and that's where Georgia fits in. And Kentucky just isn't quite ready to, to hang with Georgia at this point. I think 16 and a half. <sighs> Honestly, I'd be more comfortable taking like the Kentucky team under than the 16 and a half just because I wonder how much Georgia will score, but I, I would take Georgia.
1: In general, feels like a bit of an under game. Justin, thoughts on this SEC East about? The spread scares me
2: from a Georgia perspective. I'd- yeah. I do think they win this game comfortably, but like Henry said, I, I could see a situation where they kind of just run the clock out in the second half, especially mm-hmm. if they get up, you know, 14 or 15 or there, I could see potentially losing that one on a bad beat, but I, I do think Georgia wins it rather comfortably. Maybe consider the under, I don't, you know, with the talent that Georgia has defensively, I don't expect
1: Kentucky to put a lot of points on the board. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to move on to Texas, Oklahoma State. This is actually, from a draft perspective, a nice little matchup. Uh, Henry, I'll let you start this off. Uh,
3: which one was it? I was distracted.
1: No, uh, Texas at Oklahoma State. Mm,
3: yeah, I do like Oklahoma State. I, I really like Oklahoma State, and I really don't like Texas. And we talked about this a little bit on bets, but this seems like if you're making picks, this is an Oklahoma State pick week. Um,
1: mm, Chaba yeah, Hubbard, though,
3: yeah. is where my eyes are going to be
1: looked Uh, great last week. Sure. (laughs) Great against Iowa state. He was awesome.
3: Meanwhile, Texas is just so disappointing. And I I know that that has kind of been a trend, but every time it just, Sam Ellinger is not that good is where it starts. And I think that they have a lot of guys like that, where it's just a little bit too much hype and not so much substance.
1: (sighs) All uh all fizzle, no sizzle. I don't know, is that a thing? Um Jake, I've been disappointed in like Cosme this year. I don't think he's that great.
0: Yeah, uh Texas, I mean, just a disappointment. I think at every position Cosme hasn't played great. Yeah. And to Hank's point, while Sam Elger isn't that great, he's probably their best player easily, yeah. which doesn't really bode well for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, defensively, they've been so up and down. I mean, has anyone noticed Caden Stearns really at all this year? Nope. Because nope. he hasn't popped to me once. Big um,
1: expectations. Joseph Osai, another edge rusher, The like the one edge rusher I didn't rattle off when we were talking about those guys earlier. Two, like, yeah, you're right. Kind of a disappointment all around.
0: Yeah. Um, I think Oklahoma State takes this pretty easily. What's the spread on this one? Uh, just three and a half. I uh, yeah, I mean, you, but you never know what Texas. Is. This could be a oh, close game all the way down. But yeah,
1: and it scares me taking all these favorites in college football because you know the the Power Five upsets are right around the corner. Um, Justin knows. Justin, you're a man. You're 40. Well, your your thoughts on this Oklahoma State game? Never trust a Gundy team. Ever. Yeah, it's so true. It's so I like
2: true.
3: that. They didn't
2: Look, cover they, the spread by a half the point last They're the best week. team in the Big Twelve, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I this game just Texas is one of those teams, like Jake said, that just always seems to hang no matter what. Yeah. Whether it's a bad team, they hang around them, or a good team, they hang around them. They just keep the score kind of close, and then they choke in the fourth quarter. Yeah, <sighs> three and a half. I I feel pretty comfortable taking it. I guess just with the talent disparity right now, but. I don't know, man. Gundy teams have let me down for years. Oh.
3: Oh, and I, I've learned my lesson. <laughs> what do we yeah, think they... about this over under, though? Just looking through these numbers. So What's that at? Texas what is yeah. scoring. I haven't pulled that up. If you oh, want okay. to pull it up. Oh, wait. Okay, actually, yeah. uh,
1: I got it. I got it. 58.5. Um, mm-hmm.
3: But Texas has scored 45 points a game. Oklahoma State has scored 28.5 points per game. A 17-point spread. Defensively, Texas has given up 32.2. Oklahoma State has given up 12.
1: Mm. Yeah, I have no idea what to do. I think you hammer the over. (laughs) I think you just outlined it perfectly. Oklahoma State, the one thing that worries me, aside from their defense and, and... classic program where if Gundy can get that four star edge rusher from Texas, they're going to be all right on defense for three years. Cause there's that one dude who can get after the quarterback and shrink the, the, the plays, um, they don't have that and that's concerning and Ellinger could run all over them and just get wacky. Um, and the other concern to me is their quarterback who at times I was like, Oh, do I like this Stearns kid? And then you threw a pick and uh, like almost like Iowa state back in the game. Um, so he's, he's really concerning. I'm going to buy a half point. Um, this. It is kind of so, odd
2: to knows. see an Oklahoma state team anchored by its defense.
1: Yeah. 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 Is that the opponents they've played yet, though? Like, that's... I, I've
2: wondered the same thing, you know. Um, not, out of all those big Big 12 contenders, they've probably had the easiest slate so far. Yeah. Texas yeah, A&M, I mean,
3: Tulsa, West Virginia, Kansas, uh, Iowa State. So, yeah.
1: Brock Purdy pads anyone's sense. <laughs> um, as a draft pod, we know that. Okay, yeah. Ohio State, Penn State. I know Henry really, uh, really kind of made Penn State sound unappealing, but this is still the matchup of the weekend from a draft perspective, from a Broncos perspective, there's a ton of like top 20 picks. You've got Micah Parsons and Pat Friedmuth on the Penn state side and, um, you know, Ohio state. It's like, I, I, the show's gonna go long if I start listing all the dudes they have, so we'll do that organically as we all go through this time in reverse order. Um, Justin, you uh, you know you you have Urban Meyer's phone number as a reliable CSU source, so uh, what are your insights on this? I, I
2: think Ohio State wins this one rather easily. I, I yes. like the talent that Penn State yes. has, but I just think it comes down to the depth that Penn State has offensively right now. We already you know, spent five, ten minutes talking about the running back, so I'm not going to go over that again. Yeah, But the reality is you're not beating Ohio State unless you just pitch some miraculous defensive performance where, you know, you force a bunch of turnovers and get some pick sixes or something like that. Or, you know, you just score like 70 points and outscore them. And I, I don't really see either
1: one of those situations happening on Saturday. Yeah, and big test for, um, I mean... Big test for both running games here because Ohio State has to show some improvements off of and that's last a great point week.
2: too. If Penn State can shut down the run game, maybe yeah. they make it interesting. You force, you know, force them to, to beat you with the passing game all night. You can yeah. play tight man coverage, make things tough on them, it'll be interesting. But then you know, then you gotta worry about the quarterback running game. And it
0: Ohio State's just so good.
1: They're crazy good. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jake.
0: I, you know, I would be a lot more intrigued by taking Penn State if this were under normal circumstances and it was a wide out yeah. in front of yep. the hundred thousand in Beaver Stadium. But Absolutely. since that is not the case, I think it's Ohio State pretty easily. Um, you know, Clifford didn't really give me anything he didn't get me excited at all really about no. uh, Penn State offensively. He turned the ball over too think that could be the case again i mean sean wade's on the other side and he looked pretty good last week um i I think it's ohio state pretty easily here
1: agree yeah
3: Uh, yeah and i like what you said dre it's about the ohio state running game that's what i want to see i'm not worried about the passing game um they have two really good receivers they have a great quarterback but when it comes down to it at the end of the year you're gonna have to be able to run the ball and if you can't run the ball in nebraska it's one game but it's something to pay attention to.
1: Yeah. I'll be interested to see Ohio state's O-line Thayer Munford. Um, probably not talked about enough, but really intriguing left tackle. And he'll be tested by the edge rushers on Penn state. Always the big, um, prospect. He wears a running back number. So number 28, you you'll have fun watching him as a Broncos fan. And then, you know, white Davis is on that line and you get to see Justin Fields um, and Chris Olave again, Chris Olave, another big test. We'll be interested to see him keep up the momentum he had. Yeah. I think it's Ohio state by like you'd have to set this at 16 and a half for me to even consider Penn state in the plus money. Um, So it's just going to be too low for me. And I agree. Shame that we don't get the white out on national TV uh, because that, that would change things uh, for sure. I'm going to go, you know what? From a draft perspective, this is a nice matchup, if nothing else, because Missouri has one of the top linebackers in the country, Nick Bolton, I believe, against Kyle Pitts. That's going to be a really nice tape for both those guys. I I had a little bit of an empty void last week, not having Kyle Pitts uh, catch multiple touchdowns in my life last week. It'll be nice to have the Gators back. Um, And Missouri's been frisky against the spread it's why the gators are only 13 point favorites we are taking too many favorites this is a trap at this point i've already decided i will be sprinkling a texas money line J- uh justin you look like you've uh are you on mizzou are you on mizzou is that what you're telling me i think missouri wins this game I whoa think, yeah Ooh. that's how bold i'm
2: going love it I just look, I love Kyle Pitts, and I love the athletes that Florida has defensively, but that's it. I don't love anything else about them. And Missouri plays everyone hard. They're going to give up some points because defensively they have, you know, the great linebacker play, but that's kind of about it. But I just think, I don't know. I'm just not that impressed by Florida. I I think there's a a good chance that they steal the upset here. I I wouldn't bet like massive on it or anything, but Hey, sprinkle some money on it. Give yourself a shot.
1: Yeah, I love this. Okay. Um, anyone else on the Mizzou train or or is this uh, Gators back on track?
0: I'm going to talk up the Gators here a little bit. Um, just for the fact that I think Missouri can be a bit leaky defensively. Uh, Alabama scored at will on them. I mean, Tennessee put up 35 and then LSU put up a lot of points Uh, LSU, Terrace Marshall went off for like 11 receptions, 230-some yards in that game against them. So I would be a a bit cautious about Pitts and Tony for Florida kind of making a lot of noise and potentially carrying them to a win. Although Florida with the letdown a couple weeks ago, and they haven't played after the COVID Mm -hmm. outbreak, so I think the spot is right for Missouri, and that would be why I would like them.
2: Mm-hmm. This pick is either going to get me brought back on the show every week or never invited back again, but that's okay. oh, I mean, a I roll with it <laughs> we'll yeah, We'll I play was...
1: this sound clip over and over if you're right
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> I was kind of cooling off on Kyle Trask, but I just yes. pulled up the game log again. It's like he he's playing well he is playing well and
1: but there's yeah. no anticipation, yeah, there's no yeah. anticipation. <laughs> He's just going to be eaten alive once he gets to the pros, if you ask me.
3: Probably, but still completing seventy-two percent of his passes, fourteen touchdowns and an interception. Like I, I'm there with you watching him. I didn't think that the numbers would say what they say, but honestly, right now I'm kind of questioning all my Florida takes. So I don't have like a firm pick here.
1: Well. Henry is shook. Um, I don't know why off air. I told you guys we would be talking BYU Boise state. I'm so excited to watch Zach Wilson against a legit team like Boise that I jumped the gun and didn't realize that's last week. And luckily I didn't say it on air. Shame. I just blew my cover two seconds ago. Um, Any other games you want to hit up fellas before we get out of here? Cincinnati Memphis well, key, to, could be a
2: very fun to. game. Yeah. I'm not necessarily sure that's, you know, a huge draft prospect game, but I
1: think it could potentially be one of the more fun games of the weekend. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. That's uh that's a game Cincinnati's ranked really highly. Um, you know, they've got the old uh Ohio state interim coach and defensive coach for the longest time. I'm blanking on his name right now, Uh, but they're a well-coached team defensively. And they showed some really nice talent last week on offense as well of all the non power five teams that are ranked right now. I think BYU and Cincy are the two that are actually for real. Um, And Memphis, you know, Memphis has one been maybe not to the extent that Boise has, but Memphis has been one of those standard bears like a temple, like a UCF, the last five years of if you're a G5 school, uh, this is where you need to prove yourself. Um, so that'll be that'll be a fun one. I I, I like that you pointed that out. Any other final of, notes for us? Yeah, go ahead, Jake.
0: Yeah, I've got two games. Uh, just to talk a little bit about North Carolina, Virginia. Again, this North Carolina backfield is the most fun backfield to watch in the country. Yes. Javante Williams and Michael Carter had big games again last week. They are awesome to watch. Um, And real quick, we haven't talked about them a lot since their huge week one, but Mississippi State is visiting Alabama. Mississippi State has not looked good at all since that LSU game. This game could get very ugly very quickly.
1: Yeah. I think you are spot on. Uh also KJ Costello like RIP to his. Draft stuff after yeah. Week one.
2: Yeah. I will say I Mike one. Leach teams seem to compete in dumb games that they have no business competing in. That's so true. as an Alabama guy that does make me slightly nervous just because who knows, you know what voodoo magic Mike Leach has cooked up <laughs> this
3: week. I've got another one that'll probably be an end-to-end blowout. Mm-hmm. but it's an end to end blowout that I will be watching every second of intently. And that's uh Michigan, Michigan state. Uh, see what those edge rushers can do against Mel Tucker's squad. Yeah. I am here for that.
1: 100%. I mean, that's always, you know, the spread feels really big there for a rivalry game. Michigan should not overlook them, but another week of Milton will be fun. Um, and I don't know if we've talked about them yet on the show, but uh, just in general, prospect to keep an eye on more so than a game uh, going forward is Marlon Williams, the wide receiver for UCF. He's quietly had a really nice game. I know the guys at the Draft Network have been talking him up with his 54 receptions, 753 yards, six touchdowns. He's a Mobile, Alabama kid, um, and he's six foot, 215 pounds. So one of those dudes. That's kind of part of this new generation of wide receivers. Is wide receivers who are are actually built like running backs and are just like tanks to bring down in the open field. He definitely fits that mold. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to shout that out and, uh, throw that out there. So
0: one more quick one on receivers built like running backs. Uh, no one has any idea, I guess what's going on with Rondale Moore Mm -hmm. because Jeff Brom was asked about him and didn't really give a good answer. Doesn't really know when he's coming back, uh, to that point though, they Purdue has another guy, David Bell, uh, he's a sophomore, I believe. So look out for next year in 2022 draft. Um, he looks pretty legit as well. So. Brahms
1: kind of run a, a sneaky good program over there. So yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's a good note as well. All right. Well, uh, it all hinges on the Missouri upset for Justin Michael returning to the show. But if, if this is the last we hear from you, um, we appreciate you, brother. It was nice having you on and go Rams tonight. I can say it. No one else can. Well, uh, Jake can, uh, Henry, Henry can night. There you go. Go Rams. Let's go college football back in the state. Love it. Um, and we'll catch you next time. fellas.